0: Welcome to Unfolding Words. I'm Antracia and this is my weekly podcast where it is my delight to share biblical truth that offers light for your walk and life for your soul. Thank you for tuning in today. Today, I'm going to be in the Gospel of John, chapter two, specifically, where it talks about Jesus cleansing the temple. And many times when this scripture is taught, it's focused on Jesus's anger and overturning the tables of the money changers. But today, I want to point out the fact that there's so much more going on, mainly the reason behind Jesus's anger. I want to read a verse in Matthew, Matthew 19 and 14. This is out of the ESV, it says, But Jesus said, Let the children come to me and do not hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of God. Of heaven. Jesus' aim is always for people to be able to come to him, no matter their age, no matter their rank, no matter their background. His desire is for all people to have an unhindered path to him. And when people put roadblocks in front of people that block their access to Jesus, that is what makes him angry. So I'm going to read out of the ESV chapter two of John, starting at verse 13. The Passover of the Jews was at hand and Jesus went up to Jerusalem in the temple. He found those who were selling oxen and sheep and pigeons and the money changers sitting there and making a whip of cords. He drove them all out of the temple with the sheep and oxen and he poured out the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. And he told those who sold the pigeons, take these things away. Do not make my father's house a house of trade. His disciples remembered that it was written, zeal for your house will consume me. So let me give you a little bit of background information. This all happened during the time of Passover. And John writes a little note. It says that it was the Passover of the Jews. Now, John was writing to a mixed crowd that included Gentiles. So he would have wanted to specify for them what was going on. So you'll find in the Gospel of John that there's always these little commentary notes where he's letting those who are not of Jewish background know what is going on. So he says the Passover of the the Jews so that those who are Gentiles will have a context to know what exactly is going on. So this Passover was one of the three pilgrimage festivals during which all of the Jews were to travel to Jerusalem to worship at the temple. And this Passover was established in the book of Exodus chapter 12. And the Passover celebrated the Israelites' freedom from slavery in Egypt. So all four of the Gospels contain an account of the cleansing of the temple, but John's is the most detailed. He mentions the trade in oxen and sheep as well as doves, which is referenced as pigeons in the ESV. And he adds the detail about Jesus making this whip of cords that was used to drive out the animals and the people. John also records a command that's not found in the other gospels. In John 2.16, it says, and he told those who sold the pigeons... Or doves, take these things away. Do not make my father's house a house of trade. So, at this time, birds were considered to be ceremonially clean. So, this means that they were able to be used for sacrifices in the temple, especially by those who were too poor to afford a larger sacrificial animal. So, the dove was a symbol of purity and also a symbol of the Holy Spirit. And the irony is that these people were selling these symbols of purity while they were defiling the temple. So with the Passover, the Israelites were celebrating their freedom. And God said in Exodus that they were to be freed so that they would be free to serve him. But here in the Gospel of John, the freedom to serve God was being hindered by the money changers. And in the book of Malachi, Malachi predicted the one who would come suddenly to the temple to purify the religion of the nation, which points specifically to what Jesus is doing here in the book of John. And it says in Malachi chapter three, starting at verse one, behold, I send my messenger and he will prepare the way before me and the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple and the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight. Behold, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. But who can endure the day of his coming and who can stand when he appears? For he is like a refiner's fire and like a fuller's soap. He will sit as a refiner and a purifier of silver, and he will purify the sons of Levi and refine them like gold and silver, and they will bring offerings in righteousness to the Lord." So this is what Jesus is doing in the temple as he's cleansing it. He is being that refiner's fire personified. He is that fuller's soap in person who's purifying the sons of Levi, who those priests who are in the temple doing acts that are hindering people from actually worshiping God. So in his anger, Jesus started what was like a small revolt of the sheep and the cattle as he overturned the tables. And his anger, which was a righteous anger, was kindled because God's purpose for the temple was being polluted by man. So if there's one thing that makes Jesus angry, it's when people make it difficult for people to get to God. So these religious leaders, religious in air quotes, made it hard for people to simply to come to God to celebrate the Passover. They complicated the rules as they sold these sacrifices for a prophet. So Jesus was rightly upset because the people that he loved, which is everyone, by the way, did not have easy access to him, which is why he was dying on the cross, so that they would have an easy access to him. So since it was Passover, Jews from all over came to Jerusalem. And the custom and law at that time was that they were required to bring a sacrifice with them. But many of them could not bring animals as they traveled far distances due to the cost and inconvenience and the possibility that the animal could become injured or blemished in some way. And then that would make the animal unfit for the sacrifice at the temple. So they had to end up purchasing an animal to sacrifice when they arrived in Jerusalem. And some historians say that before they came, they would have sold an animal at home that they would have used as a sacrifice. And then they used that money from the sale at home to purchase a replacement animal for sacrifice in Jerusalem. So at one time, the animals were set up, those merchants who were selling the animals were set up in stalls across the Kidron Valley, which was on the slopes of the Mount of Olives. But by this time in the book of John, they were moved into the temple courts and into the court of the Gentiles, which was the outermost court. So the temple of Jerusalem had many sections. In the outer court of the temple were not people, but noisy, filthy, smelly pens filled with animals that were conveniently located for people to purchase as they were to do their daily sacrifices. So the oxen were the most expensive with doves being the least expensive and the temple tax had to be given as well at this time in a special coin that we used for this purpose. So the people had to exchange their regular money for these coins. So, Imagine the environment there. You've got animals making all kinds of sounds. You've got people trying to exchange their money for the currency that was there. So people who were engaged in these businesses probably gave a cut to the temple priest for allowing them a monopoly or at least having an advantage in this lucrative trade inside of the temple courts. So there were others who were sitting at tables, exchanging money, providing a service. People from all over the Roman Empire were in Jerusalem for this high festival. The tables of the money changers were not set up all year round, but only around the time when the temple tax was collected. So Jesus's complaint was not that these people were practicing bad business or that they were cheaters or that they should change the way they were doing business, but his complaint was that they should not be doing it in the temple area at all. This was not the pe- this was not the place or the time to handle their business. His thinking was, how dare you turn my father's house into a market, into a den of thieves? Instead of prayer and worship to God, there's the sound of cattle, the bleeding of sheep. And instead of a spirit of brokenness and prayer and contrition, and, ha- and holy adoration to God, there was the noisy exchange of commerce taking place. So Jesus was protesting the fact that there was an attack on the whole financial arrangements for the financial system, which in turn was a threat to the authority that the priests held. So when Jesus saw what was being done in the temple and how this was affecting the worship of the people, he was enraged, and rightly so. So he fashioned a cord, a whip, out of some kind of cords and drove them and their animals from the temple grounds. And he poured out the money changers' coins as he overturned their tables. This this would have made it very hard for them to come and find their property later to reclaim it. If all of their coins are scattered about, they don't know whose money belongs to who, whose stuff is whose. And he ordered the people who were selling the birds to get out of there. So his motivation for why he did this was clear from what he said, do not make my father's house a business place. It was like he couldn't even stomach why they were doing this in the temple and intruding on the worship of God. There's a time for anger. The Bible says there's a time and a place and a season for everything under the sun. And a lot of times we think that anger is a negative emotion and say that there's never a place for anger or that there's an underlying emotion for anger. But right here, this anger is justified and he's, Jesus is mad for a reason. Every emotion that God gave us is proper when it's used for a biblically legitimate reason and it, it's expressed in a biblically described manner. Jesus's anger was controlled and it was for a specific reason. The focus wasn't on God in an area that God had designated for worship. And the fact that they were doing it inside the temple courts would have crowded out the people who wanted to be there. The Gentiles could only worship in the outer courts. And this is where all of this commotion was taking place during the Passover celebration. So the focus wasn't on God with all, with all of the cheating and the selling going on in the temple courts. Jesus said they had turned a house of prayer into a den of thieves, and he called these people robbers and thieves because was ta- they were taking away from the people the opportunity that God had given them freely. And on top of that, the people selling the animals and doing the money exchanges It's just like when we do, we have to go out of the country and have to exchange currency for the local currency. These people were taking advantage of the travelers and cheating people out of their money by overcharging them and price gouging them. So when Jesus said that he did not want his father's house to be a den of thieves, but instead a house of prayer, he was quoting from the book of Isaiah, which highlighted Jesus's desire for the temple to be a house of prayer for all people. So it's interesting that Jesus made this whip of cords because this this cord that he used was used to drive out large animals, but instead he uses them on people who were essentially acting like animals. So Jesus gets angry because of their sinful behavior and because of the injustice, because people were being hurt and cheated and they were making monetary profit off of religion, off of God's house. So notice in the scriptures, Jesus did get angry on several occasions, but the thing to recognize is that he was angry, but he never sinned. The scripture says, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. And then in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26 And 27, it says, be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. This is the spirit of anger that Jesus exhibited. Jesus got angry for the right reasons, but was never malicious or hateful about it. And there's also an allusion to Zechariah chapter 14 and 21, which says, and on that day, there will no longer be a merchant in the house of the Lord Almighty. The Passover was a time to worship God alone, from your heart, without noise or distractions or clamoring influences. The temple is where God and his people met, where God would accept the believers because of a bloody sacrifice that was superseded by any other temple or any other sacrifices that were going on. So when Jesus drove them out of the temple, his Action was forceful, but it wasn't cruel. And notice that it was only, he was only one person driving out all of these merchants. I'm sure it was more than one merchant selling something. He was driving out a number of people and cattle and sheep with a whip of cords alone. This speaks to the authority that Jesus had in his father's house. So John alludes to the two scripture passages that are used by Jesus to justify his actions. They're Isaiah 56 and 7 and Jeremiah 7 and 11. So the book of Isaiah chapter 56 says, These I will bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices will be accepted on my altar. For my house shall be called a house of prayer for all peoples. And Jeremiah 7 and 11 says, has this house, which is called by my name, become a den of robbers in your eyes? Behold, I myself have seen it, declares the Lord. We also see that Psalm 69 and 9 is used to refer to Jesus' actions in John chapter 2, where it says, for zeal for your house has consumed me and the reproaches of those who who reproach you have fallen on me in psalm sixty ninety nine The psalmist is crying out to God because of the opposition that he's facing from his enemies, and a major source of this opposition is their inability to understand or to be sympathetic with the psalmist's commitment to the temple. He had such a love and desire and a heart towards the temple, but his enemies looked down on him and opposed him because of it. This is why he could say zeal for your house consumes me for it was his zeal for the temple that had put him in that position. And so Jesus's cleansing of the temple points to his concern and his desire for pure worship, a right relationship with God at the right place that had been designated by God. But it is this very concern that Jesus had That attracts opposition. And John is noting that the manner that Jesus will be consumed will be his death ultimately. So, in verse 17 of this book, we are told that the disciples did recall the prophecy concerning Jesus in Psalm 6099, which was quoted Zill for your house will consume me. Consume means to be eaten up by anger. It's a very strong expression that fits and matches the strong action that Jesus took in the temple. So a lot of people think of Jesus as meek, mild, and quiet. But here we see that Jesus has many dimensions to him, just as we do. In Jesus's day, these stands where they were selling sacrifices had become cash cows. It was an insult to God the Father and an insult to the purpose of God's house. So we probably wouldn't respond the same way but we all should have and carry this heart of Jesus with us when it comes to commercialism or when it comes to us seeing anyone being hindered in worshiping God. Now, some commentators say that Jesus didn't actually use violence on the merchants. He didn't use the whips on the merchants. Maybe he used them on the animals, but he did knock over the tables. And as I mentioned earlier, it just seems that there's a miraculousness to the fact that one man overcame this large group of merchants who probably wanted to protect their businesses. Now, we know that Jesus came to the Jews, but at the same time, Gentiles were also allowed into the temple. As I mentioned, they could come into the outer court of the temple. This outer court was barricaded off from the court of women and the court of Israel, which only the Jews had access to. And the barricades had these warning signs posted, and two of them have been found. And they say this No foreigner is to enter within the forecourt and the balustrade around the sanctuary. Whoever is caught will have himself to blame for his subsequent death. So, the only place then where the Gentiles could come and pray and worship if they believed in God is where the marketplace was. And this account has so many life lessons for us. Chief among them is this question. Is there any way you are hindering someone from worshiping God? Are we telling people that they have to act a certain way or dress a certain way before they can even approach God? That's a hindrance to worship. Jesus's idea of success in the kingdom was not about the growth of it, but it was about the purity of worship and the accessibility to God. It was about having people go there for the right reasons. And when we see little compromises and abuses happening and creeping into the church, it's our job to guard the church when we see them trickle in. So let us be a champion. Let us be those who stand for keeping the church on mission There are those who correct doctrine, who correct errors, who want to promote scriptural integrity and discipline in the church and make sure that church authority and government is right. We should not downplay their roles. We should be happy that they're sticking up for what God has designed for the church. and It is all of our duties to do this, to stand against the abuses or anything that has crept into the church in our own day. And also let Jesus's desire for a cleansing of the temple be something that happens in our own lives. Let us seek a purification of our hearts because today we are the temple. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And just as Jesus had zeal for God's house, a zeal that consumed him, let us imitate this zeal that was on display in Jesus's life. We have to want to keep God's house proper and in order and to have respect for the things that he has called us to do. Jesus cleansed the temple for a reason so that proper worship could thrive. That's it for this episode of Unfolding Words. I pray that you found something useful, which is my desire each and every week that you're able to glean something or to see the scripture in a new light. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, would you be so kind as to leave a review? I would really appreciate that. There's a link in the show notes where you can do that. That's it for this episode of Unfolding Words. I will see you back here next week. May God's word be a lamp to your feet and a light to your path. God bless you.